Hi, my name is Moshe Kindler, and I'm the publisher of The Jewish Link. Hi, this is Elizabeth Kratz. I'm editor of The Jewish Link. And you're on The Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. Welcome to the 13th episode of The Jewish Link Pitch Meeting. I am so happy to be here. It's a hot, hot day in July, and I'm really happy to be here with someone who uh, I've known for years, uh, very long family connections, which we're probably not going to get into, but but just the, the I'm here with Jessica Katz, the founder of Yadlea. Uh, Jessica, welcome. Uh, we are so happy to have you here. Um, I'm looking to hear about, um, you, you, we, I'm looking to hear, we talked off camera a little bit about Yadlea today, and let's let's talk about that famous Yadlea warehouse. Tell me, tell me what, what's its status right now, and then, then I'm just jumping the gun a little bit. Okay, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's really so nice to be here in the beautiful offices and to see where the Jewish Link has begun. And, um, you know, Jewish Link is certainly a staple in my house. Friday night, we're always, uh, everyone's always kind of fighting for who's going to get that paper the first time. So it's really so nice to be here. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the warehouse, yeah. So the warehouse is a place which is really multifunctional. It's the place where we collect all the clothing from all over the New York, New Jersey, tri-state area because, as you know, we collect clothing and send that clothing to Israel. Where does that clothing come from? It comes from people from homes like you and from, from I think, your, your readership and the people who listen who um, are cleaning out their closets and maybe they uh, someone grew out of the clothing or someone lost weight or gained weight or decided just wasn't that, that style wasn't for them anymore and they, they donate it. So the uh, the clothing comes to our warehouse, and even from outside, we actually just got a um, a shipment from Chicago, uh, two hundred bucks from Chicago, and we have plans to go to Boca soon. We can talk about that later. Plans to go to Boca. Wow, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely talk about that later. I, I definitely yeah. want to hear about it. But the truth is, as someone who lived in the Bergen County area, I know you grew up in in Bergen. Um, some of our older listeners and watchers might feel, but I remember, for let's say for teenagers, most of us remember Yadlea as a garage, <laughs> okay. So, how how has the organization changed from the garage? And actually, no. The truth is, tell us a little bit about. Let's go back to the beginning of Yadlea. And I know I'm under. I, you just told me before we started the camera that this is one of your first ever podcasts. So I'm happy to, um, because I think it's important for Yadlea for you to 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 kind of your name needs to get out there. So so let's let's hear a little bit about Yadlea and how you got started and so on. So and, and how you you've grown way out of that garage. Yes, yes, we are far more than the garage. Certainly want to dispel that myth. Um, and sometimes people come to the garage, I feel like they're giving clothing, but in the back of their head they're thinking, it's just going to a black hole, it's going to stay in that garage forever. It's not true, the clothing is going to people's closets, and then that, clo- that garage is being cleaned out weekly and coming to our warehouse, which we can get into. For the record, I, I always knew. I, I, we did a number of deliveries over the years. I noticed the garage was cleaned out, so you did not. You don't have to worry about that. We're talking about a garage near B'nai Assurance on Maitland. Um, Rutland. Uh, on Rutland. Rutland. And, 655 uh, Rutland, actually. And uh, that was the home of Yadlea for, for those of us who, for, for teenagers for many years. Yeah, well, actually, it's really just a, a satellite of the, our warehouse in Passaic. It's really, we created it to make it convenient for people who live in Teaneck. They want to donate clothing. They're not going to come to Passaic. They're not waiting for necessarily a clothing drive that might happen annually. So they can always go there at really any time of the day and drop off the clothing. The clothing goes back to the warehouse. What happens to that clothing and why, where, how did it originate? Is that your question? Actually, I want to hear how Jessica Katz became the founder of mm-hmm. Yadlea. Uh, I know a little bit of your story, I know, but I, I don't think, I think most people don't. No matter how many times Yadlea has <laughs> appeared in, our, in the Jewish link, I still don't know everything. Okay, so um, it really happened 
accidentally, actually. Um, I grew up in Teaneck, as you said. I grew up with a very dear and close friend. Uh, her name was Karen Milch at the time. We were in high school. And uh, she now we, we both got married. She made Aliyah. She became Karen Thaler. Lives in Beitar, Beitar in Israel, about 20 minutes outside of Yerushalayim, outside of Jerusalem. And I moved to Passaic. We were, we were talking one day because we were, we were very close friends from, you know, from our high school days. And uh, she was back in Teaneck visiting her parents. And uh, she, was, she was also visiting some cousins. She visited one of her cousins, actually, in the five towns. And her cousin said, here, you know, she's going through her closet. Her cousin had a few boys. Karen had a few boys. But her cousin was a few years older than her, had a few boys older than her. And she said, oh, here, like all these clothing that my boys, my boys grew out of. Here, you take them. And she just starts throwing clothing at her. <laughs> And she's like, Karen's like, thank you so much, but like, what am I going to do with all this clothing? It's just too much. And she turned to her and she said, well, maybe you don't need the clothing, but I'm sure you do know somebody who does need the clothing. And Karen thought like, yeah, uh, it's true. I actually do know people who need clothing. So she took the clothing and she went back to her mom's house and she said, Ma, you're not going to wear the clothing at, your back, at the back of your closet. I'll take it back. And she went back to Israel with a couple, I think, two two suitcases worth of clothing, wow. and she started giving it out. And she told me about the experience. And then my kids were very little at the time, had five small children. And I said, like, great chesed project for the month. I really was looking at the time to get my kids involved in some type of community activity, some type of chesed, something that they could really understand and be part of it at their very young age. Okay, we'll collect some clothing. We'll put up some postings. And what we discovered was that the more we sent clothing, the more Karen realized the depth of poverty in her own neighborhood, which she probably hadn't fully grasped. And the more that we put out postings and said, hey, we're collecting clothing, we realized that people just want to give. So it was really, it was really perfect. We started collecting clothing. We started distributing clothing. Um, and how did it go from there? Like, if you want to say, I could yeah, when did you actually start? When did you realize this was more than just a, chesed, a simple chesed project? I guess like... Uh, it was gradual. We started collecting more clothing. She created like a basically a gamach in her apartment. <laughs> at a at a at a certain point, it just became too much. People are coming and going, and she had small children and a growing family. It was just too much. So she looked for other space, and she went to a two bedroom. Eventually, she graduated to a four bedroom uh, apartment. And over the years, I don't remember. You know, it's kind of everything kind of mixes together. But at a certain point, so Beitar is a very Haredi community. They have very very specific standards of dress. So if you would give them a, a denim skirt for a girl, you give them a short sleeve shirt for a four-year-old, you give them a, a plaid shirt for a man, they weren't gonna wear it. So at that point, we had to make a decision. Were we going to be an organization for the Haredi community of Beitar, or are we gonna be an organization for Klai Yisrael? So uh, thank God, Baruch Hashem, we decided that we're gonna be here for Klai Yisrael. So at that point, we then uh, started looking around. Uh, we ended up in Ramat Chemish, partnering with Lamada Chai, which is a huge social service agency that, that's grown over the years, servicing the Ramat Chemish area in multiple different ways. So uh, we started a clothing project with them. They started Gamach with the clothing that we're sending them. And then from there, somebody from Tinek actually uh, connected us to uh, Yishuv Itamar, which is up in the Shomron, unfortunately become rather well-known because of all the like horrific tragedies that have happened there. Um, so we, c we connected there, and from, sh from Itamar, it just exploded to 
people started hearing about us. They're all very, everyone's all connected. Mm-hmm. So we went to a bunch of different communities in the Shamron, and then over the years we went to Olep Tzvat and uh, Kirit Arba and Mitzvah Yericha, went all the way down to Neve, which a lot of people haven't heard about in the Chalutz area, like way past Day Road in Beersheba. Um, and now we're in 23 different places. When did you become a Yad Leia? When did that happen? So that's a good question. I think the actual name, I believe, happened at the very beginning. Once Karen like started a gemach, she's like, "Okay, we're gonna make, we're gonna give it a, gonna give it a name." And she named it after her grandmother, um, a woman who had come from Europe with nothing, and always had the attitude that whatever you have, you can always share it. So she had one piece of chicken, you could cut it in half and share it with somebody else. Uh, she, she really developed here in this country and became very, very successful. But in those early years, it was really hard. But she always had that attitude, and Karen certainly adopted that attitude and that approach to life, named it after her grandmother. And that was, it was like one of these little gamach, and that's in your, in, in, you know, the back, you know, a spare bedroom. And then at a certain point, when we, we had to, we professionalized and we became a 501c3, I don't know, 2004, 2005. Um, and then after that, everything kind of, so you're, you're saying you're over 20, you're, you're a quarter century already old? You're we're maybe 19 years. Oh. I think we're 19 years. Yeah, hard oh. to believe. But in those years, it wasn't what we are now. It was, it was still uh, like in my living room. So when, so when did you really, when did that, you know, I've been to the warehouse. I actually recommend to everyone that they, it's, it's really a very special you know, volunteer opportunity for people, especially in, in, in our area, the yes, tri-state area. Yes. So I want to, I want you to, I want you to, I want to speak about that about mm-hmm. the volunteer because it's very very special. Um, and uh, but when did you move to the warehouse? When did the real growth? I I, th- I think it's in the last decade, but you'll you tell me. Yeah. So so we were in. It's hard to remember the exact years, but we were in my house, in my living room, my kitchen, for for. A few and by the way, not not everyone has a gemach in their bedroom. Just just sharing that with you. You know, <laughs> so just like everyone, a gemach in a bedroom. Yeah, like that's not everyone does. I mean. <laughs> Maybe certain areas do, but not everyone. But keep going. Yes. Okay. Um, so it was in my, my like literally in my entire living space in my house. And at a certain point, my husband said, enough. And I was like, what do you mean enough? Like, we're doing all this custom. Why? And he said, because if you keep it in this house, you'll always be really small. You have to think bigger. And he was totally right. Um, I'm like, where am I going to go? I don't know what we're going to do. So he started making some calls. I'm like, this is not going to work. And he was right. He, he called, um, actually called Rabbi Heshi Hirth at the time. Um, he was uh, a re- uh, the head of Yishim Katana, a real visionary. We since lost him a few years ago, but a really uh, amazing person, really built Passaic. Yep. And he, uh, he said, I'll give you space. And he had, um, when Yishim Katana is now, where he, he's the, he was the, the dean before he passed away, uh, it was like, you know, I don't know, well over 2,000 kids, but it started out in a house, and that house was no longer being used. That one-room schoolhouse wasn't being used. He said, you could have it. Oh. And um, we, have, we have a lot of Hakar Satova. We're very grateful for that. And we were in, basically, there was this house, and the back of the house was a two-car garage that had been converted to classrooms. And he gave us the garage, this, which is this converted to classrooms, and we were there for maybe 10 years. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, wow. yeah, um, it's since it's since been come down. It's become part of a, uh, you know, it's become swallowed up in other institutions in Passaic. Um, so we had to move, which was fantastic because it forced us to move. And we moved to to the to the warehouse we're in now um, about seven eight years ago. 
and uh, it was 5,000 square feet. Picture that. And then over COVID, we expanded to 10,000 square feet. We now have more storage, and we have, as you were alluding to before, a very active volunteer center, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners and your your uh, your readership have have volunteered. We've had a couple thousand people come. Well, take through. take take the take our listeners through what a volunteer opportunity is. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say I, I've been in the warehouse, yes. and you have I think it's three stories or four stories high. Uh, I was there. I forgot at a time. If you haven't seen this site, you bet. You know the. I think it must have been after one of the clothing drives, and I'm sure it's only gotten bigger. We're talking about like uh, it was a f- it was a f- thirty foot high pile yeah. of clothes from everywhere. It was it was it was the enormous amount of clothing was was just it blew me away actually. So. Right, right, yeah. We people come in and have all sorts of reactions like, "Wow, I can't believe it! Wow, this is so big! Oh, don't you get overwhelmed? Har oh, habagadim in front of my eyes, like the oh, that's a good clothing. one. Har habagadim, never heard that one. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that some people have coined that. Um, so. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question? So, 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 so let's talk about let's talk about that volunteer experience. I, oh, what, okay. what what can I do and 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 what what does what is like what what does it mean to volunteer for Yad Leah mm-hmm. locally at least? Yeah. So we have a, a lot of different volunteer opportunities, but the volunteer opportunity I think that you're referring to right now is what we call the Pack for Israel experience. Um, if anyone's ever gone to Israel and volunteered for pantry packers or Yad Eliezer, where they're packing food, it's a very similar type of experience, except it's locally, it's right here, and we're really modeled ourselves after those wonderful institutions and organizations. It's um, a 90-minute experience where um, you people come in and there's, a, there's orientation, what are you going to be doing here, how are you going to be doing, why is it important to be here, what are you accomplishing, why is clothing important? So a little bit talking about that, obviously at the right to the right demographic and right age level. And then the rest is really just hands-on. Roll up your sleeves and we have stations for sorting and we have stations for folding, we have stations for making boxes. And we really try to create a very fun, um, real, a fun experience while doing chesed and really accomplishing and impacting at the same time. Fun for all ages also, meaning Zadies can be with, ki- with kids, I think, as well, grandchild. Yeah, yeah, so we really like multi-generational uh, activities and events. Um, we have had all the local schools come, certainly the high schools come, eighth grade and above, so the elementary schools have also come. Um, but we also have um, people coming for all sorts of different reasons. Like we've had birthday parties. Like, like how old do you think a birthday party? Why would, why, how old is the birthday, the birthday girl or boy who comes? What do you think? Well, I'm going to guess. Uh, I, I, I think I heard it from some people 50 or older or even. So it's not just, they're not kids' birthday parties only. So. Yes. Yeah, so we've had, um, we certainly had bar and bar mitzvahs, but we've had, um, we had a, a seven-year-old birthday party here from somebody we, someone here beloved at the Jewish Link. Uh, her kids was surprised her and said, like, we know you don't really want a party. We know what you really want is your, your children, your family to be doing good things and to making an impact and to doing chesed. So they really surprised her. Children and grandchildren all came together in a really a beautiful event, and they they did chesed and volunteered at Yad Leia. The, the writer you're mentioning is Pro Markowitz, I yes, believe, and yes. her family. I'll just mention it because she was really touched and taken and blown away by by the whole experience, yes. and probably one of the best adult birthday chesed mm-hmm. themes I've I've seen locally. And I'm just saying, I'm just sharing with because I hope other people keep it in mind also. Yes, well, we would love to have those different types of things. We've had. Um, we had a 60-year-old birthday party. I just got a call about someone who's turning 40, and uh, well, someone probably very well known here in Teaneck, and uh, she wants 
She wants something really meaningful and she wants something really fun. And she looked and she said, like, she's a volunteer for us. And like, I, I, I want to have a bat mitzvah. <laughs> I want to have dancing and my friends here. And I really want to do something that's really meaningful. So, Wait, so they did all that? They did all that? Scheduling it for after the summer. Dancing, food also at, at at the warehouse. Um, the food in in limited quantities because we are a working warehouse. So we have to be very careful about the food. So it's a discussion, but though there we we have had food in in limited ways and specific ways. Um, we've had yard sites. Someone said, um, you know, we really want to honor Zadie's memory in a way that is really meaningful that all everyone can get involved. That you know, the children, the grandchildren, and those have been like incredibly meaningful events. Uh, we've had just like a bunch of friends get together and say, okay, on Thanksgiving, we all have off, let's do something. Or um, shuls, lots of shuls have come as either uh, the whole shul activity or perhaps a sisterhood or a parent-child event. Lots of different reasons why people want to come and do chesed. I love it. That's great. No, it's 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 uh, no, it's, it's it's beautiful to know. I mean, I'm aware of a lot of this and it's beautiful to hear you say it, actually. It's, it's nice to hear you say it. I know that you post clips. Switching subjects a little bit. I know you post clips of recipients. Yes. Uh, I know. I know it was a big deal for Yad Leia in terms of how many, the quantity of how much you were you were giving. I, I think you used to measure it. I remember it used to be in shipping containers, like it was seven a year and eight a year. And I think that number continues to go up. So first of all, so how, what's the number that you're that you're giving that you're shipping to today? And also tell us a little bit about some of those recipients and maybe even if you have a nice story or two, mm-hmm. like of some of that, because I know I've seen some really nice. Thank you, Hakara Tov, uh, you know, clips over the years. Right. Um, so in 2022, we did nearly half a million pieces of clothing. Wow. Um, and that clothing is coming from people's closets. It's also coming from manufacturers. Um, we've got really beautiful things from manufacturers, and we're really trying to build that up. Um, we had, I'll, I'll do a shout out to Junies, although there's been so many others, I could name a few. Um, Junies, which is a very well-known company, a lot of young girls, young women, um, women uh, wear their clothing. So uh, they actually reached out to us. They found us through uh, actually Hani Koplowitz, who's I think a, a, a advertiser, right? True. She has a, she has a, her own line of clothing, Ivy, and she has a clothing uh, store, Flair, and two stores, and Monarch, Urbana, right? also sure. Right. She's been very, very generous. Hani had giving her uh, from her store and from her. Her line of clothing. So she connected us to Junies. Junies gave us in December eleven thousand pieces of clothing. Wow. Really, I'm, I'm kind of used to seeing brand new also. clothing all in the package: skirts and and tops and dresses, like just a huge amount of clothing. A tremendous, tremendous gift to give. And, and that's just that's the business. Also, the business is that there, you know, that. There's excess clothing, meaning the, the manufacturer, meaning things. Not everything sells like sells out. I'm guessing. So even even it's perfectly fine clothing, correct? Yeah, yeah. They they have a whole, I guess, uh, calculation of like how they how they order and how they how they manufacture and what they know they'll sell and what they don't know will sell. I'm not so familiar with the ins and outs of the industry, but that's my understanding. And there's sometimes um, they'll have clothing, not necessarily Judy's, but I've seen others like um, will have a run and like. It's very expensive color clothing, and the color is like a tiny bit off. Like you really have to look carefully to really see it. Beautiful clothing, but if you're charging, uh, you know, a lot of money for something, it has to be really perfect. So they'll give it to us. And honestly, I did not see that it was off until someone pointed out to me. This is why they can't sell it. 
And that's also a beautiful gift. Like a slight, a, a slight gift. defect that no one would notice, and the recipients are per, are very happy to have a it. A slight, a slight defect. That's beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so tell us about. So wait, are we, are we measuring in shipping containers anymore? Um, no. Yeah, we do shipping containers and and, and and clothing and boxes. We we measure lots of different ways, but um, yeah, we're like I said, a half a million pieces of clothing to twenty three communities. Really, thousands of recipients across the country. And you're shipping, I think, close to monthly, like to Israel, or I think it was like eight to ten times a year, if I remember. Yeah, we're 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 doing more like seven, seven to eight. We have actually it was supposed to go tomorrow, but we was a little delayed. We're going next week. We're sending our I don't know when this is going to air, but we're sending our um, our pre yontif before Rosh Hashanah our our container. But because it's you know before Yontif, it's we're sending two containers. So we're sending 2,400 boxes next week, please God. So like, so in a sense, you're a little bit, you're like in the fashion industry, and the fashion industry is always way ahead. So we, we've, we haven't only begun to think about, you know, Yom Tov. Oh, so, yes, yeah. no. Like this is like, it, we're, we're hitting the tail end. We got us to then, yeah, by the nine days, we're, by Tisha B'Av, you got to get the clothing there for sure. It, has, it takes time on the water, it takes a few weeks, and then it has to get there, and it has to be opened, and it has to, you have to put it out. People have time to shop. Yeah, this is... We're thinking about Rosh Hashanah, you know, Shavuos time. <laughs> and you, now you're probably thinking about Hanukkah. I'm guessing so. So For, yeah, post post Yontif, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, I've seen a lot of nice videos of recipients. So tell, tell us a little bit more about those. I've just, I've just there's some been very nice stories of like, uh, and I know that Karen is still working with you, helping you in Israel yes, as well. Yes, yeah. So Karen Thay, like a dear friend, and we really started together. Like I said, named after her grandmother, the organization. Um, let me think for a second. Um, well, while you're thinking, I remember seeing some stories of, uh, seeing, uh, you know, clips over the years of, uh, you know, happy recipients, I think, in some of these, like, Yamach or stores throughout, mm-hmm. not, not you know, throughout Israel, a Manachai, I mm-hmm, think, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, holding up, the, you know, a, uh, you know, sure. Yadlea garment, uh, mm-hmm. which looks great, and like, wow, you couldn't believe it, like, who, why would they, someone give this up, but the, you, you now, I'm just saying, I must, it just feels, it must be really special to know that thousands, tens of thousands more uh, of Israelis, um, you know, are, are, are wearing clothes that, that you helped provide, you know, that they're looking good for Shabbos, Yantif, and, and throughout the year. Uh, to me, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a big, uh, it's a big deal. Well, what I, I guess what I look at as that we're, we're facilitators, that people have clothing in their closet, and I don't, maybe they just bought it and they were meant to return and they missed the Amazon window, <laughs> and they're feeling really bad about it. Or like I said, maybe they they bought and realized, like yeah, ma, I'm I, I I promise you, I'm gonna wear it, I'm gonna wear it, I'm gonna wear it, and you know she brings it home. I'm like, oh, ma, I really don't like it. It doesn't really fit me well. I don't really know if I want this. I know you just spent a lot of money for it. So they have people have all this clothing, and we look at it really as trying to facilitate people who want to give and have the means to give, to just share it with their brothers and sisters in Israel. So really, it's the community who's doing it. It's it's the people. We're we're just facilitating it. Mm. Um, I like yeah. that answer. And in terms of facilitating, your reach has continued to grow. Meaning, you started off in North Jersey, and I think you are way way beyond that as well today. Correct. Um, in terms of the people who give. Yeah, in terms of facilitating those givers, you're facilitating oh, in so sure. many areas. Sure, and we're 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 growing. So um, uh, certainly certainly Bern County, um, and certainly Passaic County. But uh, we're running something in the Highland Park Edison area in a few weeks on July 23rd. Is it the first time in Highland Park Edison? No, we've been there many times. Before. Okay, that's yeah, what I they're, thought. They're very, they're very, very supportive community. Very Israel-minded. Very, very, just 
very community oriented. Uh, we go to the Five Towns certainly every year before Pesach. Um, we just got a load from Chicago. Did I mention that already? Yeah. Um, we're going to, like I said, we're going to Boca. We, we're going to be there Labor Day weekend. We're going to be working with BRS, the Boca Raton Synagogue, Rabbi Goldberg, and his whole staff there doing a major clothing drive there. Uh, and we've been in places like, uh, we just, uh, actually just this morning, we just got a load from Westchester. Uh, we're probably going to Riverdale, Livingston, all that, the whole met, like metropolitan area. Uh, we've gone even as far as Boston, LA. Many years ago, we did a little something in Texas. So uh, yeah, the reach, is, the reach is, is growing. So now for the Jewish Link perspective, I know there's some big stuff coming up and you're, t- you're taking a big step in a few weeks uh, later in the summer. So tell us about this next step, the, uh, what you're planning on in, later in, in July for, the, uh, for, this, for the, this next clothing drive. Coming to a street near you, I think, is, the, uh, <laughs> is what I'm hearing. Yes. Um, so we're doing something a little bit different, a little bit of an experiment. Um, so historically, what we would do is we would go to a community partner with, like, say, a shul, and we'll set up, I don't know, say, we're going to be in the shul from 10 to 12, 10 to, 10 to 2. We're going to, we're going to Five Towns, or we're going to Englewood, or we're going to the Highland Park, or we're going to someplace in Rockland County. Uh, you know, we'll be there from 10 to 2, and people will come and they drop off their clothing. Um, and that means they have to, like, pack up their stuff, <laughs> leave their house, and come to a central location. And they have to be home that day. Mm. Sounds really hard around. for them. Yes, but, but sometimes people are, people are away and people have things to do on Sundays and you know, we're all busy. Mm-hmm. So we're doing something a little bit different. We're on July 23rd, which is a Sunday of the nine days, in the Passaic Clifton area, we're doing a one-day-only pickup. So we're asking people to register ahead of time. So, of course, we have their information. You know, where, who are you? Where are you? Where do you live? And um, how many bags of clothing do you have? And we are sending a truck that day around to pick up everybody's clothing from their front door. So all they need to do is pack up the clothing, put it on their front step, and just by doing that, they can share it with a family in Israel. Uh, Really excited about it. Uh, We'll see how it goes. And then we'll also be leaving everybody who donates uh, a gift package so that that they know that we were there and they also understand what's happening to their clothing. So we're going to leave them a package with, um, you know, maybe a gift, but also a brochure, and they can see, oh, my clothing really is going to a family that's going to use and appreciate and make them feel really good. I think that if you're, if you're going through the trouble of storing your clothing and registering and leaving it at your doorstep, or maybe you're coming to our, the garage at 655 Rutland, or maybe you're coming to our warehouse, you deserve to know what's happening to your clothing. It shouldn't be disappearing into a black hole. You should, you should know that it's going, and which I guess leads me to the question you'd asked before, what really is happening? Like, how is it impacting on, on people? Um, so what I, what I often say is that this is not an organization about clothing. Uh, clothing is just really the means. <laughs> it's, really a clo- it's really an organization about dignity, about pride, about confidence, because if you don't feel good about yourself, you're not going to be able to accomplish, and that that means you're not going to accomplish in on the on the ball field or on the playground, or in school or in camp or even in the workforce. You're just not going to be able to do what you need to do if you don't feel confident. So it's really an organization about inspire instilling confidence and dignity and a feeling of of stability. Like my life is is going well. I can do what I need to do. 
um, it kind of reminds me of a story. Lots and lots of stories. Feel free if you want to share a few stories. I, I, we, I like I love stories. So I mean, I do publish in newspapers. So we, <laughs> I, I, I do have a few stories. That's what yeah. you do for a so. living. So we have coordinators in each of the locations that we're at. So we're in contact with all the coordinators on a regular basis. So when the coordinator called me up, she said, you got to hear what's going on. She said, um, I was I was just like in the neighborhood. I was walking, and a woman come up, came up to me. I recognized her, and she said, hi, how are you? She gave me a big hug. I knew something was going on. What's going on? How are you? She said. Uh, she said. Um, you know. Um, you know. My. You know. We, we just. We just made a wedding, and. Uh, you know. My husband's out of work, working a, a couple of jobs. It's just like it's been really overwhelming, and. Um, you know. My my son brought home his collar, and we were so excited. It's like she's she's an amazing girl. We really want. We're. Just, couldn't wait for this, but she really, she has very, very little. She, she doesn't have the resources to, to come in to be able to, to family doesn't have to be able to make the wedding, to set the house up. But we really, really like her. So we're trying to figure out how we're going to do this. So we had a family meeting. What are we going to do? So we all decided no one's going to get anything new for the wedding. No one's going to get anything new for the upcoming yontiv or the school year. We're really cutting everything really, really close. So we're all coming together to make this happen. And everyone's excited, but there was still like a little bit of something. Like, none of the girls are going to get anything new. No one's getting anything new for Yantiv. No one's getting any new clothing for the for for the school year. You know, they, like they really want to look nice for the wedding. They want to look nice in general. And even though they were so excited to do this for their brother, they were they they weren't. Something there, was, there was something off. there. Mm-hmm. There was something there. And uh, a friend of mine said, "You got to go to the gemach," which is you know the yad like gemach. And she went, and she said, you won't believe it. We found clothing for everybody. They all got, we got stuff for the wedding. We got stuff for Yontif. We got stuff for the school. And it made such a difference because we were able to go into the wedding with such amount of simcha. We were so, we, we could just like be happy for our, our brother and our, the new kala and not feel like there was something missing. So for the mother, like her whole family came together. Like it's not wasn't just about the clothing. It was about the shalom bias. It was about feeling that she could raise her children and have a family that's like was was happy to be together and that everybody was getting along and everybody was was good with each other and that she was able to as a mother enabling that to happen because she knew something was off and it didn't make her feel good that she, that she was doing this to her family. But it all kind of disappeared. So it's not just about the clothing; it's so about clothing, everything that the, fam- that the emotions. It's all about the emotions that it generates. So clothing makes the man, but in a sense, you're saying it's really it's it's about dignity. It's about uh, it's about it's everything. It's shell and bias. Everything. It's so. everything. It's shell and bias. It's dignity. It's confidence. It's a sense of stability. It's a sense of support. Like I don't know if I can do this, but I have, I have family. I feel like maybe they live in America, that don't know them. But they're they're helping me. They care about me. They love me. They want us to be successful. They want us to, to to be able to live our lives with with dignity. And that in itself is very powerful. I agree. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that, that's that's really. Uh, first, I'm I'm now looking at Yadle in a new light. Okay. Um, one other subject I'm just going to mention is one thing. Like another way you've come onto the scene is 
is your run walk the Adelaide mm-hmm. you have a nice name for it it's called the dash for dignity yes, which yes, now yes. now I understand the name uh, even better uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and I think it's entering you, you tell us about the, about the dash for dignity yeah so hard to believe we are already planning since the beginning of the summer our sixth dash for dignity running straight this will be the sixth year we ran through Ran through COVID, no pun intended, but we we had a. Tell about how you how you managed it, the COVID. Oh my, I, I was like that was crazy. So the the dash for dignity, as I'm sure a lot of people know, um, attracts upwards of 800 people. It's a 5K. It's a family event. Um, there's a walk and there's a run and there are kids activities, real activities for everybody. But during 2020, there was limitations. We do it over Peck Park, and I don't know. They said that you could have, I don't know, 100 people tops and socially distanced and everything. And even when we were planning, we weren't sure if, like the day before, they would say, oh, we're down to 15 people. We didn't know what it was going to be. So but you didn't, you didn't think of canceling. You were, you were committed to making it happen. Of course we thought about canceling, but there was no way we wanted to do that. So uh, a bunch of us got together and we created a COVID-friendly program. And now it's a distant, thank God, distant past. But we were in... Um, four different parks around the area and we instead of having a dash from say you know 9 to 11 we did it from 9 to 1 and everybody had a slot and we were you know spread it out over 5 hours over four parks and we had the turnout that we always that we always had people really came out um, it was a fun day it happened to be gorgeous weather and i think people were just really being really really supportive and it's been growing, growing, and growing ever since. I hope. Yes, we're uh, we certainly hoping over a thousand people will come this this year. Wow. Hoping to, and I think what's important to know that you know, we call the Dash for Dignity. It's a five k. So people who are runners come, but it's not just that. I'd say the maj- least half, but maybe probably more than half, are not runners. Um, some of them are coming to support their their runner, their fam, their runners and their family. But there's a walk. There's a one mile walk, and. There are people that come with strollers, and there are people that come just as a nice walk, and there are people that have come in like scooters because they have mobility issues, but they want to be supportive, and they want to enjoy the the fun day. There's there's a lot of music and there's food. It's uh, it's really a, like an electrifying event. Um, I think it's electrifying because I think you know people are looking for things to do with their families, but um, I think people really feel like. They're doing something meaningful, like they're having a great time, and it's important work. And thank God we've had a lot of people who really want to be supportive and want to be involved. And um, like I said, they, sometimes they come just to run. And there are people outside the Jewish community who come because it's a, it's a well-run event. We, we partner with um, a fantastic professional race management team who run a really good event. But um, I think people come for that, but I think people also come to, to have the good feeling of having fun, but also doing something important and meaningful and supportive. Do you have the date for uh, what's November the November 5th, Sunday, no. November 5th, right, over Peck Park. Keep that in mind for sure. Well, we'll definitely keep that in mind. I've actually, um, I've run, I've run it, I think. I haven't. You have? I run you it. You came during COVID. I came I during, I came, I came to at least, I, I, I don't have been at all, at all five. I've come to at least two, if not three, I, but for sure, at least two, um, for sure. And I'm, and I'm looking forward, we'll definitely try to come again. Um, that's your biggest annual fundraiser, correct? So. Uh, well, we did a charity campaign last year. 
So, so the, the, the run, walk, the dash for dignity and is as the It's the biggest channel. event, not the biggest fundraiser. Okay, good. It's amazing. I just, I mean, friends, it's amazing to see how you've grown. And you, you know, Yadlea is, you're not a young organization, but in a sense you are young. Um, I, I think you and I have talked about in the past about how when the kids, when your kids were growing up, you weren't able to focus on it. And really now that your children are older, um, you, you've been able to kind of devote more effort. Tell, tell us, speak a little bit about that side. Yeah, for sure. Um, as I said before, really started it not as a organization, but as as something to do that would be meaningful and would be a project that my kids could really kind of get involved in and roll up their sleeves or wrap their hands around. Um, but I was uh, a young mom with young children a while ago, and uh, I was limited in what we could do. And as really the organization has grown with my children, as my children got older and became adults, uh, I would say that the, the organization kind of moved into adulthood, and I was been able to devote more and more time. And now it's you know more than full time, and we have a whole staff that supports us. Um, How big is your staff? Well, in terms of the 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 staff in the warehouse that's sorting and folding clothing, so um, like the labor staff, we have five five women who are working, a warehouse manager, and four other people who are working forty hours a week. Nine to five, sorting and folding your clothing. Um, and then we have a director of community engagement, Yael Bleicher, who came on almost a year ago. She's doing all the volunteer events and the clothing drives and anything that anyone's going to be involved in. We, we also have some other volunteer programs. Um, we have an amazing marketing team that works for us, Jewish Link Marketing Design, Adam Nengnewitzki. Shout out to him and his team. Always good to shout out. Mm -hmm. um, and we have some office staff. So we're growing. We're growing Amazing. to make it make it all happen. All right. I think a lot of people want to know is what the clothing. Not everything is high end. What do you? How do they? How do they handle the not the not so high end? Or or and can is every piece of clothing, you know, do some just cannot be used? I mean, you tell us a bit about the, the the grades and types of clothing. Right. Right. So I don't think you mean necessarily high end. I think you mean quality of clothing. Mm -hmm. um, so we ask people to give us excellent clothing. Um, that doesn't always happen, so people are busy and, and it's hard for them to sort. Some people will say, like, well, what, what's good enough to send? So, like I said, the entire re organization rests on dignity and pride. Could you imagine that, that a coordinator is like, oh, we have to, like, our, our, our stock is running low and the shelves are running low and the, the, the racks are empty, but the, the boxes are coming tomorrow. And they're so excited and the boxes come, they open it up and there's holes and there's stains and it's torn. It would be terribly disappointing, never mind to be like a huge waste of money. Mm -hmm. So, at, at, Or someone would go on the sh shelves and they're so excited, maybe they only have one one sweater. It, it happens, it's hard for us to imagine. But there are, there, uh, you could have a teenage girl, she has one sweater. And maybe it's in the wash, or maybe it ripped, and she mm -hmm. needs something else. And she goes, oh, she walks into to the gamach, and she walks into the thrift shop, and she says, oh, I'm going to find, and everything has a hole or a stain in it. We can't have that. that that's not it's not a chesed that's helping anybody. Let's do a chesed in a smart way that's really helping people. So we have to make sure that all the clothing that we send is a good piece of clothing. How do you know? So usually I tell people the barometer is if you would not give it to a sister, a brother, a child, a neighbor, a mother, a father, an uncle, an aunt, a cousin, if there's nobody in your whole orbit of existence <laughs> that you know would take this clothing, no one's gonna take it. It has to be a good piece of clothing that somebody you know, if it fit them, would really wear it. So that's a barometer. How much do we use? Listen, if you're gonna give us a, a good piece of clothing, it's gonna go to Israel. 
If it's not, it's going to be recycled. And sometimes it could be 50, 60% of the clothing has to be recycled. But just know, you give us a good piece of clothing, it's going to someone's closet. I love it. That's great. Uh, this is good. Um, it's, it's always good talking about Yad Leia. Just good. It's good to hear. It's also nice to see how you, I never really you, you kind of referred to before as Yad Leia as one of your children. I don't know if I don't know. I hope the uh, the rest of your, the Katz family uh, agrees with that. Um, Maybe too much. Uh, but that, that's I mean the truth. I guess I guess the Yad Leia ha- is in a sense has been like a a family member family project for for twenty for nineteen twenty years already. So uh, very very much part of. The family, yes. Uh, the, it's, it's, it became a family project. It's become more professional, but everybody's had a piece in it and certainly has left their mark on it. And uh, you know, Friday night sometimes turns into a board meeting, I, I must say. That sometimes happens. Sometimes sometimes they really appreciate it, and maybe they've learned certain ideas and skills and been um, exposed to certain, I don't know, organizational ideas. Uh, sometimes it's a bit too much for the family. But yes, Friday night sometimes does turn into a board meeting or certainly a brainstorming session. <laughs> I love the way you talked about Yadlaya. I love the focus on dignity, how it, how it guides everything. Um, any last, you know, any last words, anything, anything that, you know, that you'd want? I know you read that you're, you're fans of the Jewish link. Um, you know, what, what you'd want to see, you know, what you'd want to tell people a little bit more about Yad Leia, what our, what our readership should know, uh, you know, just, you know, kind of just like a, a sense of final statement of some kind, so. Um, I think we really summed it up. And what I really want people to know is that they can make a difference. That just by taking something out of your closet that you're no longer wearing, whether it's a child or it's an adult, children can make a difference. Um, They can do chesed and they can make an impact. And just to like take that step. And that sometimes we say, oh, like even I said before, oh, you know, that support, people knowing that they have the support in America really makes a difference. It's not just words. They really feel it, that when they are um, going through difficult times, um, unfortunately there's been in recent weeks and recent months like tremendous tragedy. And we, we know these people. We're, 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 we're talking to these people on a regular basis to the point that sometimes when I'm, we have a WhatsApp chat where I, um, you know, we're in touch with all the different coordinators, and sometimes before, when I wake up in the morning, before I post, I check the news just to make sure that I am not texting them in the middle of some horrific crisis. Hmm. There is, there, there's real tragedy there. They're dealing with really tough stuff, whether it's everyday stuff or like terror stuff. I mean, there, we have communities that are landlocked, that they will only leave their communities if there's a pressing need because their roads are so dangerous. And by bringing clothing to their communities, you, you're allowing them to get the clothing they need without having to make that calculation. Is this worth it to go on the road or not? But to get back to what I said before, it's really sending them a sense of support that they're not just like all the way up in a, in a remote community and the world's forgotten about them. Like, no, Claudius Yisrael remembers you. You're part of Claudius Yisrael, we love you, we support you, and we're gonna do everything we can for you. So when I say it sends a message of support, it's not just words. They really, really feel it. And I think that every one of us can reach into our closet and do something relatively simply, simple and, and give that clothing. 
and you know Adelaide is really is really gratified and proud just to be the facilitator of helping you help somebody else. Um, a really special program that we've recently implemented is uh, lots of different um, opportunities for bar and bat mitzvahs, kids to get involved. Uh, people are always looking for something meaningful to do it's for the boys and certainly for the girls because the girls don't always have the, all the other kind of ritualistic things that the boys have. So um, certainly they can come to the warehouse and they can, we have the, the Pack for Israel program and people have really turned that into something really, really special. Sometimes they come and they just pack, but we've had families come and they've done, they've had speaking and they've done montages and they've had food trucks and they've really made it into a very special event with music for the entire family. But we also have a, um, uh, like kind of an offsite programs where people will make special gifts that can be sort of packaged and make, um, we have these really, really nice coloring cards where they're special for Yadlea that kids can color and they can write a letter. Again, sending that message of support really very directly. We take these cards, we put them in the boxes, and they open up, when they open up these boxes of clothing, they're not just opening up boxes of clothing, but they have these cards that are made special for them for the kids here in the U.S. and in, in New Jersey. How many how many of these bar, bar mitzvahs have Yadley has been kind of been involved with in some way? Oh, well, many, many dozens, many. dozens, hundreds. Yeah, dozens, dozens. Um, sometimes they don't. It's for whatever reason they're not going to come to the warehouse, whether they're they're too far or it's not going to work for their schedule. So we have these gift packages where people can do it actually at their bar and bat mitzvah. There's a whole different thing, a whole bunch of different things that they can choose from. We call them kesher kits because they are really, you know, creating this connection. They're also wrapping them up in a kind of a knot, so kesher, and, um, and, and, and sending them. And it's really very meaningful to be able to send these gifts, whether it's to other bar and bat mitzvah kids or sometimes it's to babies or sometimes it's to, to new colors, new brides. So that's a, a special type of project. Um, sometimes kids want to just do fundraising. Believe it or not, there are kids that really want to do fundraising and take such pride in the fact that they raise money of their own and they are sending the boxes. Uh, we've had really some really nice success with that, set them up with a web page and everything. And then there are people, of course, who go to Israel and want to see what's going on on the other side. And we do have a, a volunteer program in Israel where you can go to some of these places where, where the Gamachim are, and you can really participate in the process, whether that's making the gift packages there or actually hanging up clothing, being involved, kind of seeing like, okay, now I, I know the clothing is not just going to garage. I know the clothing is going into boxes. But then to actually see what's happening, it's a very special, very impactful experience for, for lots of people, whether it's bar and bat mitzvah kids or for families. I had some really nice success with that. People really, really being very moved by that and really special experience. And sometimes it's been all the way up in Svat, or sometimes it's more local to the, uh, you know, the more central Israel or in the Yerushalayim area. But it's an opportunity which I would certainly encourage people to actually go see the people themselves and see what actually really, really is happening to your clothing. So lots of bar and bat mitzvah opportunities. So you're one of the few organizations that I can actually, we can, some person can volunteer and give to locally and volunteer and, and visit and see in Israel also. Not you See the full circle. Not many organizations. I don't think there are that many organizations like that out there. Um, well, we're trying to provide that opportunity, and I, like I said before, I think it's important for people to see where their dollars are going and where their clothing is going, 
And I also think it's important for the kids to see it because as a community, I see this over and over again. Like just like I wanted when my kids were younger, I wanted them to do something like that was some type of a chesed community event. Like I think the majority of the people in our community really want that for their children. They want to give over that value. And sometimes it's a little bit hard. It's a challenge to be able to give that value over in your living room. But when the kids get involved, then they can really see. And I think it's really important for the kids to see, like, no, I can make a difference. And when they go to Israel, if they have that special opportunity to go, then I think it's a tremendous educational experience and opportunity for them. Jessica, thank you so much for coming. We, we loved having you. Um, I, I look forward to reading and seeing more about the Jewish link um, you know, in the in the Jew, in the Jewish link in, in our paper, certainly I see it elsewhere as well. Uh, for anyone who wants to know, certainly check out yadlead.org. Yadlead.org. Uh, I love I love your website. We kind of I kind of know who does it, who helps you with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yes, and of course you you know feel free to pitch me next time or for an original piece on one of your up one of these upcoming uh, pieces, whether it's the Dash for Dignity, whether it's the clothing a clothing drive, or and please make sure that Yal and your team sends us lots of pictures for for all these. Things. You got it. You got it. Thank you very much. It was really wonderful being here. Uh, like I said, we're tremendous fans of the Jewish Link. It's a uh, weekly staple. And, you know, personally, our families go back, you know, we're multi generational connections. So it's really uh, a pleasure to be here and to have a conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being with us on the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. If you would like to participate or be in touch with us in any way, please email us at editor at jewishlink.news and follow us and find our podcasts wherever you find podcasts. 